Jewish episode of We <laughs> Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. I've lost 145 pounds, and today with me is... Donald Weigel. What a surprise. I, am... <laughs> I know. It's like, they're like, ooh, who's it going to be this week? Oh, it's, it's Donald. <laughs> it's Donald again. <laughs> hey, Donald. Hi. Hi. We are married, yes. and I have lost about 100 pounds, and we're here to give you the hot dish on it. The hot dish. <laughs> Is there anything better than a casserole? You tell me. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting this question. I'm not prepared for it. Uh, I'll just say no. Nothing's better than a casserole. Thank you. Uh, Today we are going to talk about potlucks. But, Ah. you know, as we we do, we're going to tell you about potlucks and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, they're talking about potlucks. But then we're kind of going to switch it up and you're not going to (laughs) know... How, oh my gosh, they're bringing me potlucks two ways today. There's a shocking twist <laughs> in this episode. And by telling you there's a shocking twist, it'll be a complete surprise. I don't know. I like to think of us as the TV show Scrubs, which is like the comedy and they bring the stuff. Yeah. And then at the end, there's a little bit, of, there's a tear you're that You're tearing falls. up. Yeah, yeah, you're tearing up. So get ready for tearing up at the end of yeah. the potluck. Just like with most most uh, potlucks, yes. <laughs> Just they end in, in tears. And with tears, exactly. Um, but before we get started with that, I would like to give a little book report on what a potluck is, Donald, oh. and where it comes from. See, well, all right. I don't tell you everything. I hide things from you. Webster's Dictionary <laughs> defines-, defines a potluck as... <laughs> <laughs> they weren't all lucky, let me tell you that. Okay. So, did you, Donald, did you know that potlucks began in the 16th century? I certainly in did England. not. I, I could have gone either way with that. I should have been like, of course, of course everyone knows that. <laughs> It was food provided for an unexpected or uninvited guest. Wow. There are many uninvited guests. Yeah. Any guest is uninvited in my home. <laughs> Families only had a single pot for cooking meals. The food provided to the unexpected or uninvited guest would be the luck of the pot. Oh. The luck of the pot. I like it. It makes me think of uh, pots of gold, which makes me think of lucky charms. <laughs> See, it's all food based. Yeah. Uh, but why don't we why don't we start in the Wayback Machine and and think about the potlucks of yore? Yeah. Or do you have any yore potlucks? <laughs> no. Okay. Yore potlucks. <laughs> well, back in the 16th century, when I first began attending potlucks. Well, we all know that you used to attend other people's cafeteria plates. There was uh, by a, just eating. I did. Their, their food scraps. Oh my goodness! It was like Pizza Friday, and I would go around and uh, and beg for uh, pizza scraps. <laughs> I like, just imagine you like, Ma, could I have your, your pizza scraps, please? Yeah, most of my potluck uh, memories as a child were family reunions. My mother's side of the family had they these family reunions, like, and they still reunions. do like once a year, but um, there were a couple of different uh, different ones when I was a kid uh, each year, and it was all potluck, and people would be assigned various kinds of dishes and stuff, and um, it was really a good excuse, good slash bad excuse for me to just like Tuck destroy in. a bunch of food because it was just you were you know if you didn't go back for three or four plates like that was a problem in the eyes of the, worth. Nothing of the comes adults. Home. Yeah, nothing comes home. I remember the first time uh, we had a a family thing and someone brought over a green bean casserole. Oh yeah, which it wasn't a thing 
in my house. Many things were things in my house, but gravy. Oh, man, that was one of my mother's uh, staples. All Everything in it was canned, like every single thing. It. I remember just believing that it was the most delicious thing. Yeah. It had creamy. It had crunchy. It had salty. It had it all. And I had to uh, act like I didn't care about it, just like they say you should do in dating in middle school and high school. <laughs> act like you don't care. Catherine act like- still acts like she doesn't care about me. Stop it. <laughs> it makes me want her all the more. <laughs> just be like, oh, oh, is that there? And then like wait for people to go in the other room to look at whatever painting is in the other room, I guess. Like, hey, come see my painting. And then I would just wolf yeah. it down before it, and i try to like spread it out to make it look like i hadn't eaten as much of it but uh but yeah i used to go to potlucks for the food yeah are people there you I and don't i know. have a potluck story we have a shared potluck oh, story we have a shared potluck which, which story. is the like the fact we went to this potluck when we were in our early 20s and there was this chili at this potluck <laughs> and it is to this day perhaps the food that looked Look- the best and tasted the worst, like the the inverse ratio yeah. between how good it looked and how bad it tasted is the biggest inverse ratio in my entire life. So okay, far. but this is going to come back later on. So just hold hold on, because this is the worst chili. But there's multiple kinds of chili. That oh, you am have I spo- to avoid. am I spoiling something? No, no, no. I'm just foreshadowing. Oh, so, okay. uh, but yeah, a friend said, "Hey." When this guy shows up with whatever he brings, don't eat it. Don't eat it. He's, and I was like, what are you talking about? It can't be that. Yeah. She said, I'm telling you right now, don't eat it. Whatever it is, don't eat it. And it arrives. He arrives, pleasant guy, super duper guy with a beautiful looking chili. Oh, my God. It looked so good. And I like still, I mean, this has been like 25 years ago. This is before we were even engaged, I think. Yeah. And, and like. It was so terrible. It, I still remember this twenty five this chili from twenty five years ago. And our friend was like, I, I told you. Yeah. I literally told you don't yeah. eat it and you ate it anyway. Yeah. And, and uh, we survived. We're still mad about it twenty five years later. We yeah, well grudges. mad is I'm more perplexed. <laughs> I mean it's just sort of like What could he have put in like, it? How could it look as good as it did and taste as bad as it did? Like it, it was like he he made good chili and then poured like some sort of vinegar terrible, rubbing alcohol yeah, in rubbing it. Or alcohol. <laughs> Oh, that was probably it. <laughs> it was terrible. And it yeah. was, we were told, we were yeah. told specifically know, that it wasn't going to be good. Anyway. And it wasn't good. But uh, we used to go to events, pretty much any event. Right. For the food. For the food. Yeah, no, I don't care about the people. <laughs> no, I was an introvert who was Lord, like, Puxatawney Phil from right. uh, the rabbit hole, whatever Puxatawney yeah. Phil no, lives. <laughs> pretty sure it's a gopher hole, but whatever. <laughs> is he a gopher? Or is uh, he a... Groundhog. Aren't groundhogs and gophers <laughs> the same thing? There's just one hole I don't that know. everything comes out We're going to get angry letters from the Groundhog Society. <laughs> dear, we only look thin. How dare you besmirch groundhogs by a, calling a them quilled, gophers? A quilt pen. <laughs> That's right. Strongly worded letter from the 1600s. Speaking of strongly worded letters from the 1600s, um, there's a really good chance that at some point I will insult your favorite potluck dish. Oh, yeah. No, this. that's yeah, coming. So just be ready. We all we already received a lovely note from a, uh, a listener in Canada. Hello, Canada. Hello, Canada. Uh, who said that they have nice, supportive cooking shows in Canada, unlike yeah. America, where everyone's a donkey. Uh, right. So nicely done, Canada. Again, we are not sure that we need a list of all the ways your country is better than ours. <laughs> we already know. So thanks yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot. Exactly. Uh, lucky for you that you have all that. You have much colder weather. So ha 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 ha. We have better ha, rock ha. bands. I'm going to say it. Oh, hello. <laughs> 
Oh, Donald has Throw launched. Down. I'm throwing it he down. He has launched the not, gauntlet. Not over a Brian Adams fan. <laughs> oh my gosh. That comment cuts like a knife, Donald. I, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> Boo. No, I stand by it. I stand by it. All right. Uh, okay. Blah, blah, blah. Co- uh, potlucks, et cetera. So <laughs> <laughs> this is the you advice you get. Fix it in post. Yeah. He can fix it in post. All right. Uh, that's what you get for I'm fixing nothing. Brian <laughs> Adams. Staying in. Uh, is Ryan Adams from Canada? Yeah, I think so, too. Wow. They only have one last name there. I think. I, I don't know. I guess so. Okay. Potluck. Be focused. <laughs> <laughs> that always works, telling someone to be focused. Okay. So, Donald, why do people go to potlucks? The food. The food. Um, that's what we used to do. We used to go for the food. Really, as an introvert, the food was the one thing grounding me. That and maybe the likelihood that someone would have a pet that I could hang out with right. was why I went to uh, to potlucks. But in all seriousness, let's get serious about the potlucks now. Uh, people that's, go, is that your serious voice? That's a very serious voice. Okay. It's my NPR voice. All right. But, okay, snark aside, people go to potlucks for the social aspect. Oh, Other people yeah. go for the social aspect. There's togetherness. Do you remember togetherness, Donald? I in the do. Times? Normal humans enjoy togetherness. <laughs> um, also, having a potluck lessens the load of the person hosting the event. They oh, provide yeah. the uh, the atmosphere and maybe the utensils, maybe some beverages. Yeah. Uh, but we spread the weight of the the cooking and the cleaning up by having a potluck. It gives everyone the opportunity to bring a little bit of their flair, heritage, and style to the event yeah and it is an opportunity to try something new isn't it donald oh yeah it sure is um like that terrible like that terrible chili or that (laughs) doesn't always work out but sometimes trying new things is great or that wonderful green bean casserole yeah i actually don't even think i've ever made it because i just imagine it's just i don't know it maybe it's better in my mind I don't know. If you know what green bean casserole is, let us know. Um, (laughs) We'd like to hear about it. (laughs) Um, But you're often assigned something to bring. Yeah. This is go- this is foreshadowing everybody. Just pay attention for later. Like we already know what food is. Yeah. Thank you. Um, why are you so bitter, listener? I- Chill out. <laughs> Whoa. Just this give is, us the yeah. benefit of the doubt. Yeah. No one's no one's forcing you to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's relax out there. <laughs> okay. Um, but like I. A long time ago, someone I knew was having a baby. Someone's having a baby shower. It was a it was an office thing, and our boss decided to tell my friend Vanessa that Vanessa should bring a Waldorf salad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, as forgot, you do. I forgot about this. And she's like, "Okay, it's super easy. Just bring a Waldorf salad." And Vanessa was like, "I don't know what a Waldorf salad is." Yeah, what the heck's is. a Waldorf what? salad? She's like, "Well, just it's very easy. Bring it." You know. And then our boss went away. She's like. I don't I'm very afraid. I was just going to make whatever I was going to make. Yeah. Uh, so maybe there's some pressure on it to bring a certain kind of something to hold up these standards uh, that someone else is expecting of you. But maybe when you are when you find out that there's a potluck, maybe also you go, ha, 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 and you wring your fist and you go, this, uh, is, yeah. this is when I make the tater tot casserole. I'm going to release is, the Kraken. I'm going <laughs> to which is in uh, this the, case tater tot casserole but the kraken is actually it's like an onion thing that you put on top of the <laughs> right, right, casserole right the kraken <laughs> um, 
But you might see it, you, looking at the man in the mirror, which is me, uh, you might see it as the opportunity to make your favorite indulgent over the top twice as much as you need to bring, oops, there's leftovers, oops, I need to try it. Like, you bring your seven-layer dip that has, like, nine layers for some reason. Why not put some tater tots in that guacamole dip? Why not? Just add tater tots to things. I went, okay, you're going to get it now. We went to a- (laughs) (laughs) What did I do? Why why do I deserve getting it? We, okay. Okay, listen up, everybody. This is an aside. (laughs) So we went to a a potluck a number of years ago. Some friends were moving out of town. We went to a potluck. I used to be a professional photographer. Oh, yeah. Um, Very, very famous worldwide. Won trips places. Very excited. That Uh, actually is true. That is actually true. a trip to Italy. Uh, I was a photographer. And we went to a potluck. And the host- made a giant bowl of just tater tots, cut out all the middlemen in this event. giant bowl of tater tots. Yeah. And I, as a grown-up, was like, I could just eat tater tots. <laughs> like, I'm a grown-up. That's yeah. not just for kids or I, for I casseroles. Think that led to many, many tater tots. We went on a tater tot. We, we were on a tater tot bender for we sure. We definitely for, did. For like two years okay, or something. This is the part where you ask us if our daughter likes tater tots. She doesn't really care. Yeah. She's like, eh. well, I'm like, what are you talking we need to go to the police. <laughs> I, I like how you're telling the listener, like, this is an aside. This is when you ask us about our daughter's tater tot. <laughs> she doesn't care for tater tots. Yeah. I don't know what is happening. I like how I said I was going to call the police on her. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I would take her to a doctor. Okay, so I'm a professional photographer. This is about me, everybody. So I took a picture of the tater tots, a close-up picture of tater tots. Yeah. I post pictures on a website where I post all my beautifully crafted artisanal photos. Suddenly, this janky picture of tater tots had the most views of any photo I had taken of anything. And someone actually wanted to use it for their blog and like, oh, someone has reached out to you about one of your photos. And I'm like, oh, is it the one of the Empire State Building or the beautiful light in Florence, Italy? Here's the bottom line. Turns out people like food. People (laughs) like food. I just, my camera basically fell over a picture of tater tots, winning awards for tater tot photography. Uh, I'm mad about it. (laughs) So now you know. (laughs) Now our listeners are mad about it. Now they can carry that They were already mad about this episode. So, okay, enough about tater tots. What were we talking about? Um, So I used to go to events for the food. The people were just the thing I had to get through yeah, to get yeah. to the food. I had to pretend to be interested in them while I was thinking about what I was going to go back for at the buffet. So as society opens back up again, because of the COVIDs, uh, the 19s, the 18s, <laughs> the 20s, um, we are being reintroduced to society after being in yeah, captivity. Yeah, I don't, I don't care for it. <laughs> I don't care for it one bit. So the gates are opening back up to society, and as we are being released, we have many food opportunities that might come our way. And we're not used to seeing other humans. We're not used to eating outside in public. And we have the opportunity to make some choices about the kind of people that we want to be when we come back into society. I know a few people recently, depending on where you are in the world, are maybe going to more social 
events than they were for the last year. Yeah. And we can kind of forget what boundaries we can put in place with food. Because for me in the past, food was the primary reason for leaving the house, really, at yeah, all, yeah, yeah. Was, was, was food. Um, so we can ask ourselves, how are we going to act around other people and food? You know, I think before, and I people have mentioned this in other conditions of, oh, I'm going back to social interactions. I'm having alcohol with other people. It was easy when I was at home. And all I had to do was worry about the people in my house and the food that we ate. But now that we're being released into society again, how am I going to control myself around food choices? And I think the big thing that we have shifted around in our relationship with food is why are you going to the event? Because before it was all I pictured, the people, blah, 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 was just the tables full of food. Right, right. Like, oh, oh, there's a potluck. Okay, food. Even now it's mostly what I'm picturing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, like you don't picture people's faces you just are like yeah i'm not like oh it will be nice to hang around people again i'm like oh man all those dishes just (laughs) waiting for me to dive into oh let me try it again um but so before you step out the door with your deep dish whatever really remind yourself why you are going to the event do you have a mindset that tells you that this is the only opportunity you're ever going to have to eat food again, and you're going to just shovel it all in to get your money's worth or your not money's worth because it's a potluck. Or are you actually going for the fellowship and the friendship and the connection with people? Yeah, we we give this advice uh, around the holidays, too, is to remember that holiday gatherings are are really supposed to be about family and traditions. And really, potlucks are, are very similar in that sense. And it's not about... It's not really about the food, even though that's sort of a, a you know a nice slash dangerous side benefit. And, you know, there's we give lots of advice about... Really being mindful of what you take. Don't load up on the very first things that you see. Look at everything that is there in terms of navigating the food and really just pick a few of your favorites. And also, if you're, if you really want to stay within your, uh, your plan while you're there, you know, there usually are things that are very low calorie, calorie friendly at these things. And you can uh, eat those kinds of things or eat something before you go and really make the event about the socializing and the people and not about the food. Well, and I definitely used to be the kind of person who whenever I would go to a restaurant, I would want to get my money's worth. I would want to get the most indulgent thing that I couldn't get at home as though I would never have an opportunity to go to a restaurant again. You know, it was all about the portion size and the giant plates and whatever. And I've gotten to the point now where I can really ask myself, why am I going to this thing? Also, it's the like the not cooking and the not making your own dishes and the benefit of just having a night, you know, where you don't have to manage your kitchen choices. So as we go out into society, we have to remind ourselves that there is no food scarcity. Are you actually going to the event? to sabotage yourself but act like you're a victim of it which i used to do all the time like well it'd be really insulting if i didn't eat whatever didn't you have some foods that you wanted to in speaking of insulting any foods that you wanted to mention that were oh i'm getting there, oh, you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> okay ask yourself are you making the food that you're making to sabotage yourself or are you making it to serve yourself in a, you know in the most appropriate way? Are you making 
triple what you need to uh, to secretly eat, which is what I used to do, because I used to make the most decadent thing that I could think of. And it was the sort of thing where like, some people expect you to bring the same thing every time like, oh, well, she always makes her whatever, like her seven layer dip with nine layers for yeah. um, <laughs> for some reason, for some reason, um, you but could just call it nine layer dip. But no, it's seven layer, many dip layer with nine dip. Layers. I know, yeah. but you like look at it I was like, I don't see seven layers. What's a layer in there? Count. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one stickler who's like, this only has seven and a half layers. You can't count green onion as a layer. But as I have changed, the things that I bring to the potluck have also changed, which can annoy people. Like, you, there's like, you go to the potluck and someone brings the healthful salad. You're like, oh, Sally bought a salad. That's nice. Oh, yeah. thanks a lot. Oh, yeah. good. Somebody brought the salad. Or the three bean salad. Oh, which is- no. <laughs> Nobody needs vinegar-based things no. anywhere. That's not okay. No, which uh, which is like brings me to German potato salad also. Oh. Like, like, what is the point of that? The Germans were like, we're going to see. We've got this delicious mayonnaise-based potato salad we're gonna see how we can make people not want to eat it we'll replace mayonnaise with vinegar why not just ruin everything with vinegar exactly um but the thing is i don't actually even know if german potato salad comes from germany or just comes from my family in america that just want to ruin food with vinegar yeah it could be like that german dish toast hawaii which no one in hawaii (laughs) actually makes but they just put like ham and pineapple on toast and call it toast hawaii google it it looks delicious i'd still eat it it would be fine no vinegar on it though no nobody comes to a party for vinegar no one (laughs) (laughs) but I had to change my mindset around why I was going to events, why I was going out for dinner, why I was going out for drinks. Is it to get drunk or is it to just socialize and enjoy myself? And I think as we change and as our mindset changes, we have the opportunity to not be a victim of the circumstances. We did an episode called 365 Surprises, which kind of ties back into every day is a new opportunity to be ruined by food. You know, it's not like, oh, well, it's only this one thing. And I never get to see anybody. There's Taco Tuesday, Bagel Friday, potlucks, barbecues. You know, no, I spent years and years of my life like doing that vicious circle of, you know, going to bed and saying to myself, tomorrow's going to be different. Tomorrow I will stick to the straight and narrow. I'll be on my plan. I'm going to, you know, eat right all day. And then I get, you know, two hours into the day and. You know, somebody says something vaguely insulting and suddenly I'm like, you know, binging in the kitchen at work on whatever treats are in there. And, you know, just doing that over and over and over again, like looking for excuses basically to to eat and eat and eat. Well, and two, you know, social situations as someone who's an introvert, I get nervous around people. If there isn't a dog to pet or a cat to, you know, make eye contact with, I can get socially awkward. Just like I am right now. There's no pet around or no. Anybody. I'm just feeling really bad for those socially awkward cats who are like, "Why is this? Why is this weird oh lady making eye contact with me?" Cats don't like desperation yeah, for no, sure. Not at all. Um, but food is a time passer. If you've got a plate of food, you got some coleslaw, you got some brisket, whatever. It passes the time with putting things in your mouth instead of having to talk to people. which, yeah. is, which is super awkward. But as we 
as we go to the second phase of this episode, they're like, everyone says, I know what food is. I know how it works. You've said many episodes about this. But now we're going to switch up the potluck metaphor into phase two. <laughs> Release the Kraken. I think it makes things better when you like announce everything that is happening to the audience. And now we are going to tell you a joke. <laughs> I'm Prepare sorry. for the joke, Look, human listeners. I am socially awkward, and you are getting a taste of that right now. So I think that <laughs> what, what we're talking about is what kind of potluck dish are you? And what kind of potluck guest are you? Are you the kind of person that you want to invite to your own potluck? And are you really bringing your best dish or are you really just sort of like going for the store-bought crudite? Yeah, the emotional store-bought crudite. Yes. So as we enter any situation, whether it's a Zoom call or an in-person meeting or a gathering of friends, what stories are you bringing to the event? I know that I used to show up to everything with negativity, limited mindset. I'm a victim of every situation. And we fall into roles in life with certain people, too, where people expect us to be the one that commiserates or brings up the negative situations or kind of brings the party down. Yeah. I, I can't say that I was an Eeyore, but I definitely was like, oh, my life sucks. The work sucks. Oh, family sucks. Sucks, sucks, sucks. Like, everything is terrible. And that's a bummer. Yeah, for sure. And I spent most of my life, you know, having a prefix menu, <laughs> which was essentially that I was too busy to actually focus on fitness or that I was doing everything right and it still wasn't happening for me. Or I was telling myself, well, I just have a terrible metabolism and everybody who's thin just has, you know, gifted with a naturally good metabolism. And... Instead, I decided, you know, five years ago, I didn't just decide, but I discovered that putting a growth mindset on the menu and maybe realizing that I was wrong about myself and that I was lying about myself might actually be the real truth and that I was capable of doing hard things and that I was capable of making fitness a priority it turned out that I just wasn't making it a priority. Instead, I was just thinking about it all the time and thought that I was making it a priority, but really only doing a bunch of half measures to make myself feel better instead of actually focusing on it and making it what I should be doing and what I was doing all the time. Oh, for sure. And I think, too, when I would come across positive people or people who wanted me to look at things differently, I would just sort of, you know, grit my teeth and be like, this is my life. I can't change it. You're lucky. I'm not lucky. You know, I want you to agree with me that my life is terrible and that I need to eat about it. Right. And I didn't like being confronted with positivity. Yeah. And even people who, you know, I would listen to podcasts or, you know, hear success stories and be like, well, they're different than me. Like right. they didn't have it as bad. They're not as overworked, underpaid, underappreciated. They don't have my life experience. They don't know what a victim I am. And I held on to those beliefs and it 
didn't get me anywhere. No. And I thought people who were positive, who had growth mindsets and practiced gratitude, that they maybe weren't as smart as I was because they obviously right. just hadn't given it enough thought, just hadn't really, really realized how terrible the world was. And it turns out that having a positive mindset is something that needs to be worked on. But guess what? It actually works over time. Yeah, and it's like it's like practicing anything, you know. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but for some reason, you know, we understand that to become an accomplished pianist, you need to really practice the piano a lot. But for some reason, we think that we should just automatically be good at having a positive mindset, or we should just automatically be good and know what to do when it comes to eating and exercise. But all of these things take practice, and putting them into place takes practice. And I had to practice teaching myself that I could actually accomplish hard things as an adult and that I was not completely stuck, even over age 40 and now over age 50, I was not too stuck in my ways to be able to change what I was doing. Well, and I think too, like the the idea of bringing those old stale complaints, judgments, negativity, and limiting beliefs are just such a fixed mindset. We all know people, including my own self, yeah. who just come with the same complaints all the time. I worked with a woman who was was in a relationship that she would complain about every time I would see her. Every day, work together, Monday through Friday, yeah. same complaint, day after day, and we would you know marinate on it, and I would bring suggestions, and she would never take any, she would never change anything. And after a while, you start realizing you don't want to change anything. You right. just want to complain about it. And when we show up with the same complaints without any desire to change anything, it gets really old and people stop picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we run into people all the time, you know, to echo what Catherine just said, the who come to us and it's just sort of like, it's impossible for me to do anything, change my mind, yeah. you know, sort of attitude. And what they actually want is just for somebody to tell them that you're right. There's nothing you can do. Just weigh whatever you weigh. And if that's what you want to do, then fine. But for me, it was the realization that I was lying to myself and that really there were things I could do that I was capable of doing them that really was one of the main uh, keys to my hitting my goal weight and staying here was that when I make a decision now, when I say to myself, well, I just can't or it's impossible – I reframe that now and I realize, well, I'm just not willing to make that a priority. And that's really what was going on. Well, if you come to any situation with just a table of ambrosia salad, where everyone's <laughs> like, wow, that's a lot of maraschino cherries in that pile of sour cream. Great, Ooh. great job, everybody. Yeah. I've actually never had ambrosia salad. Maybe it's delicious. Nobody no, knows. it's not delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but like if you show up and people are like, oh, you brought that again, either emotionally or physically, you brought the same story, the same negativity, the same aches and pains, the same complaints without any opportunity to go, how can I look at this differently? How are you making it work for you? You've got 50 things going on. How is that working? If we keep coming with the same story over and over again, we're building it layer by layer 
Like a layered dip. Like a, some sort <laughs> oh of... Oh, my gosh. Those, some sort of nine-layered, seven-layer dip. That The extra two layers are your negativity and limiting <laughs> beliefs. That's right. Boom. Episode over. They make it Put taste it, like that chili we had 25 years ago. Oh, my gosh. It, it was just rubbing alcohol. But what are you bringing? What do you think you don't have a choice of bringing? If someone tells you to bring a Waldorf salad, like people, there are some people in our lives who just want us to be negative, who expect us to be negative, yeah. who love that commiserating of like, ooh, what are we going to gossip about now? Tell me about how terrible that is, who just want to stay living in that negative mindset. But it something really changes when we start spending time with people who have goals for their lives, who really want to look at things differently, who are open to the suggestion that maybe you could approach something in a different way. You know, and on the other side of this, if you are actually in a position where you're coming to the table with a new growth mindset, with a new way of looking at something, even by bringing a dish and saying, oh, hey, I used half Greek yogurt, half mayonnaise, and people go, that's disgusting. I'm never even going to try it because if it's not full fat mayonnaise, I don't want anything. <laughs> which is probably what I was. But when you start trying to make positive changes in your life, you might actually turn people off because they're used to the fun one that brings, you know, the giant pile of dip instead of something that's a little more healthful. And as we're shifting our mindsets, not everybody is ready for that growth mindset. Not everybody is ready for that shift in like, oh, you mean I'm not a victim of life and I actually have some agency in here not everybody's ready for that yeah and and look i know i knocked um store-bought crudite earlier but in real life sometimes if all you can manage is store-bought crudite (laughs) that's fine like if that's what you can do but in the mental game of of positivity and telling yourself what you can accomplish, settling for store-bought crudite <laughs> is not going to cut it. <laughs> well, but I think, too, you know, knowing where you are in your health journey and realizing that as you make changes, it's going to make other people uncomfortable if they're used to you, you know, being the one that they can steep in negativity with and you try to be more positive, that might not settle well with everyone. Or like, man, you're being fake. Like, growth is unacceptable. But also, <laughs> that is unacceptable. No, but like... We don't accept people trying to improve themselves around here. No, but I mean, I've had people, you know, important in my life who maybe second guess my health choices or who are like, oh, well, it's unhealthy to change yourself. Just be your natural self. Like my natural self was really unhealthy. I'm not doing this for vanity. It's like so that I can get up off the ground and my knees don't hurt. For sure. But will others be annoyed by your change? It's okay to not show up as your old self. I know for me, going back and seeing family at times, I fall into old roles. At home, I'm in control. I'm eating healthfully. I'm rebounding. I'm doing everything I need to do. But going back into social norms with families where they expect you to be sitting a lot and not going out for a walk and eating indulgent food, it can be hard to fall back into those old patterns and those old expectations of the kind of person you used to be. Man, you've changed. Okay, well, that's all right. Like, I, I'm still a fun person, even though I brought my emotional crudite. Yeah, and some of that is that people don't want to be confronted yeah. with their own issues and their own inability to make those choices in their lives. And I know that I went through that when I, 
you know, it, it's like being at a party and you're deciding not to drink alcohol or you've had one, you've had one drink, but you're not going to keep drinking. And like your come friends on! just keep going like, come on, come, come on, on, it's not fun. You know, it's like part of that is that it makes them feel bad or makes them feel guilty for doing it. But if you're also engaging in that behavior, then it makes people feel, uh, feel better about it. And that is something to remember. And also try and remember, like in, in all of this, I think that kind of the bottom line that we're saying here is what kind of person do you want to invite to your potluck? And would you invite yourself? Yeah. And are you uh, really the kind of person that you want to be around? And if you're not, then it's probably time to take a hard look at, at what you're doing and take steps to change and become the kind of person that you want to be around because being comfortable and being happy being around yourself is is really important not just important in weight loss and fitness but just important in general like well-being and happiness well and i wanted to i wanted to be the kind of person before who had it all figured out like donald said the change my mind uh, this is my life. This is what I've been served. And I don't have any choices. And realizing that you have agency in your life, that you have the opportunity to set boundaries with your food choices, with your mindset. And we're not saying being totally positive and totally, you know, pretending that the world isn't what it is, but being in a position of saying, what can I change? How can I modify my thoughts? Okay, I can't do that yet, but what can I do? We have growth mindsets now that came out of consistent, slow, positive behaviors over time. It's not like we woke up one day and realized that the world was, you know, forever changed. We weren't visited by three ghosts. Yeah, there was no epiphany, like the heavens didn't open up and lights didn't shine down. But I'm always searching for people with growth mindsets, people who can challenge me to look at things differently. It can still be hard when someone, you know, shines a mirror upon my choices and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't do anything. And I go, Oh, I do have some agency in this. Yeah, you know, my first reaction is still oftentimes, like, that's impossible. There's no way. Like, that can't be true. And then, you know, I go away and think about it and go like, well, okay, maybe that is true. Maybe I could actually do that. But I'm looking for books and for people and podcasts and just mindset shifts that enable me to know that the world can be better, that my choices can be more helpful. And I still see people who, like Donald said, they want to believe that they have tried everything, that nothing works for them, that they're special in some way, that nothing is going to change. And if you believe that nothing is going to change, nothing is going to change. And that is such a dangerous and small position to be in. And as you know, COVID is moving into a different phase. As the world is opening up a little bit, we have the opportunity to enter the world with a new mindset, with a growth mindset, and letting go of those stale old beliefs that no change is possible. It is scary to make change, but it is even more scary to stay in those old limiting beliefs that keep us at our old weights in our old lifestyle and our old mindset. Well, and I will tell you what is not scary, and that is listening to this show. <laughs> Thank you so much, every one of you, for listening. We really appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, I am truly grateful. 
Um, thank you so much. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and would like more of them, they are all available wherever you found this episode and also on our website at weonlylookthin.com. And if you're hanging out at our website, you could just hit the little button that says join our support group. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. We have uh, an online Facebook-based accountability group called Walt Place, W-O-L-T Place. It is an accountability group for women. It is not a weight loss plan. It is a space to be yourself while you are working on yourself with other women who know what it is like. We've got maintainers. We've got people with a lot of weight to lose, but the support and accountability is something that I am super proud of. So you can go there and find out more about our two subscription options. We have a monthly subscription with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if it is the right place for you. And the best part is you get direct access to my lovely bride. Yeah, she does Zoom calls a few days a week. I am the antithesis of the ambrosia salad. I bring many dishes. I'll work on- Many dishes. You are definitely (laughs) not the three-bean salad of weight loss. (laughs) Not a lot of vinegar. Not a lot of vinegar. Uh, and uh, if you would like to get a hold of us, you can reach us through the socials uh, at uh, We Only Look Thin on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also email us to weonlylookthin at gmail.com. We would love your uh, suggestions, your potluck dish recipes, <laughs> uh, ideas for episodes. Uh, we we uh, will answer your questions. Uh, it might take a little while. We don't always answer instantly. But uh, we will get back to you eventually. And sometimes we've turned uh, listener questions into whole episodes, which is always fun for us. It's super fun for us. And if you have an extra minute, if you could go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review, yeah. that would be super duper excellent. That would be it's great. It's like RSVPing for the awesome podcast. Yes. Um, but it helps other people find us. It boosts ratings and it boosts our mood, which, uh, you know. I mean, that's really the most important thing, isn't it? <laughs> it matters. I don't know. I don't like talking into a vacuum. I want to make sure that we're, uh, we're, we're connecting with people. So if you're still confused about the difference between American potato salad and German potato <laughs> salad, just remember that Catherine and I are an inspiration Asian. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. 